It's time for your NBA Daily Assist. Now, here's Chris Mannix on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. NBA Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Cold weather is here. Is your home uh, heating system ready? Lee's Heating and Air is now offering their winter furnace checkup for only $59. Call Lee's Heating and Air today, 801-747-LEES, or online at leesheatac.com. Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with Flex Lease now through December 26th. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Uh, of course, he makes magic happen for Sports Illustrated. He's our good friend, Chris Mannix. Chris? Happy Monday. How are you? What's going on, guys? Hey. Are, you, are you a little bleary-eyed because uh, you've been flying around the globe these days? Bleary-eyed. Uh, you know, all this travel gave me a little bit of a cold here. But I'll tell you what, what I learned more than anything in jetting off to Saudi Arabia this past week was jet lag is a real thing. I used to, <laughs> I used to scoff at people that, you know, said they had jet lag, but going eight hours in in the Saudi direction that knocked me on my backside for a couple of days. That was that was something to deal with. What was that experience uh, like culturally, Chris? You know, I wish I could say I experienced more of it. Um, you know, I, I got there relatively late in the week, and most of it was just working out of the hotel and then being at the venue itself. But um, you know, they put on an incredible show. Uh, the the venue was literally built from the ground up in a matter of months about 18,000 people in attendance um you know i have a funny feeling that in boxing you know we'll be back uh they put up a lot of money for these type of events and a lot of fighters are going to want to get a piece of that action so um i I think you know maybe the next time i'll get a better chance to see the the country so chris uh, we ask every week about the jazz and about their progress or lack thereof they're uh five and five over their last 10 games Thirteen and ten at this point. At at what juncture do you start to wonder if the process, if it's more than just a process situation? I think we're getting close. I mean, I think you know, a couple of weeks ago when I talked to you guys about this, I maybe it was specific to Mike Conley, but I I felt like Christmas was a good sort of landing spot to to kind of look back and reflect and see where you are as a team. But you know, these days and weeks pass and it's the same type of consistent problems. When I watch the Jazz play, it's, you know, I wonder where the ball movement went. I wonder why the offense is, is stymieing. You know, Joe Ingles, you know, his, his three-point shooting hasn't been anywhere near as good as, as last year. I mean, I don't think you can just chalk it all up to, to Mike Conley and him adjusting. There's got to be something else that's going on there. And, you know, maybe a little more time is needed to kind of, you know, get Conley more acclimated. But we're starting to reach that point where we have to wonder – you know, is something fundamentally wrong with this team? And it's hard to really make, to, to really say that just because, you know, they should be better. I mean, on paper, this is a better team than, than what we saw last year. Conley's that good a player. But, you know, the reality is they just haven't been, been as good, especially off. I mean, defense has been split, but the offense and, and how that's you know, sort of come unraveled and, and been more hero ball has been uh, very surprising to me. Chris Mannix with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Chris, the bench has been a real issue for the Jazz. I know Mike Conley kind of gets a a lot of that spotlight, but the bench has not been satisfactory. And uh, is is this just kind of the world of the NBA? If you pay a player like Mike Conley $32 million and you pay a guy like Rudy Gobert $25 million that the bench is is going to suffer, the Jazz have had the luxury in the past couple of years of not having a $30 million player. Maybe they can spend that money rounding out the bench a little bit. Is this life of having, you know, high-priced talent? 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of your deal with the devil. I mean, you want that high-priced talent because more often than not, it's worth it. But to have that high-priced talent, you also have to hit on, uh, you know, whether it's rookies who can play right away or, you know, veteran free agents that come in at a very cheap price. I mean, I'll use the Lakers as an example of a team that has scored with that. I mean, the Lakers put their team together on the fly basically in the second week of July. And, you know, a lot of the guys they signed to lesser salaries have have worked out for them. I mean, Catavius Caldwell-Pope, who they brought back, um, has worked out well. Rajon Rondo, when he's healthy, has played well. If you're a team that that has you know top-heavy with uh, with the salaries, you've got to find a way to, to to make sure you maximize your value at every other position. And, and you know that's something I think the Jazz have to look at, not just this season, but but beyond. As guys like Donovan Mitchell start to get paid and and they start to dole out more money to keep their their top players together. You got to make sure you hit on those late draft picks, second round picks. I mean, look, the Raptors who are scuffling right now, but they're where they are because of Pascal Siakam. I mean, Siakam was the 27th overall pick in the draft several years ago. So those are the kind of picks that you've got to to nail to get contributing players in that seven, eight, and nine spot. Chris, which team? You mentioned the Lakers. Which teams do you believe in, and what you're seeing? And do you think it'll be the Bucks and the Clippers? Is that what we're looking at eventually? Well, I'm starting to believe in the Lakers, that's for sure, because, you know, December's their toughest month, and they've started off December really well. Um, I just saw Anthony Davis got Conference Player of the Week, but whatever that's worth. And, you know, they, they've started to play some tough teams, and they've been winning on the road against these tough teams. And if they continue this trend throughout the month of December, I will be all in uh, on the Lakers. Their start was good, uh, but it was against a softer schedule. This is the month where they were going to kind of define themselves, and so far, so good for the Lakers. So, if, if their supporting role or supporting players wind up playing at this level in the postseason, you know, a, a team with LeBron and AD at the top, that's, that's tough to beat. I think the Clippers are still going to be there, uh, but I'm not betting against the LeBron, Anthony Davis-led team if they have a strong uh, supporting cast around them. And the Eastern Conference, it's, I, I mean, I guess you kind of have to pencil in Milwaukee at the top, but I still think there's a long way to go. Um, I, you know, the Bucks have been very good on both ends, but they are still trying to figure out a way to replace Malcolm Brogdon. And Brogdon, if you remember was the second best player for that team in the playoffs last year. So they either need to get make sure you know make sure Eric Bledsoe can play high level postseason basketball or have somebody from that group of uh, you know committee members there to step in and fill that Brogdon role. I think that right now is their potential Achilles heel. Chris, are we going to see the league react uh, to what Luca is doing or is is what we're seeing right now uh, here to stay? I don't know how you react to it and do anything differently. I mean, teams have now had a year and a half to kind of scheme against him, and nothing seems to work. I mean, he's he's like the pick and roll, as you guys know better than anybody, the bread and butter play in the NBA. Luka Doncic is as good as anybody on that play. And, you know, when he comes off those screens, he's he's so tall and he's so gifted as a passer that he can make the right play, you know, giving it up. And he's become such a, I don't know if he's a great shooter yet, but he's certainly a prolific one, but he's not afraid to hoist, you know, from 25, 26 feet away. And, when you throw Porzingis into that mix, and Porzingis is only going to get better. He's good. But I think he's going to get much better as he gets more comfortable coming off that injury. That's as dangerous a pick and roll as you've seen in a long time. I mean, you got two guys with the type of dynamic ability that Porzingis and Doncic have. I mean, it's it's something to watch. So I, I think, you know, I mean, Luka, he might not win MVP this year, but this is a guy that has multiple MVP-type ceiling attached to him. Jazz going to face uh, OKC. Uh, they're 10-12. and 12. Chris, at this point, uh, any observations about that particular team? You know, kind of where I thought they'd be to at the start of the season. They've had you know some 
bit of a roller coaster ride with their schedule and and how they've played in spurts. But you know, this was never going to be a team that after trading Westbrook that could and, and Paul George, of course, but they couldn't bottom out. They were just too good to to bottom out. But they're not good enough really to be a playoff team in the Western Conference. But don't give them an inch because while they don't have that kind of prolific score, that twenty plus point per game guy, they got a bunch of guys that can score. I mean, you know, from Gallinari to Chris Paul to Shea Gildas Alexander, they can beat you in a bunch of different ways. So you've got to be aware of everybody out there on the floor. You don't have to stop one guy, but if they get, you know, four or five guys giving you 15, 16 points, they're going to be tough to beat. So, you know, Chris Paul hasn't been great to start the season. Um, I think he has the potential certainly to get better as the year goes on, as he gets more comfortable with his new surroundings. But that's a team that's probably going to finish the season right around 500, uh, which is where I expect them to be. They're just, they're just not bad enough to completely bottom out. And they probably couldn't be bad enough to completely bottom out Chris with with Chris Paul on the roster. So that begs the question, should they try and bottom out, first of all? And second of all, could they get off that contract if they wanted to? You know, it's, it's a good question about the contract. You know, people around the league say different things. Um, it, it's so much money. And it's kind of the, look, Chris Paul deserves every nickel of that money because that's what somebody was willing to pay him. But it comes with a price. You don't get to dictate where you want to go or where you want to play because teams – you know, can't absorb you. Now, there are teams interested in Chris Paul. Miami, I think, remains very interested if they can find a way to sweeten the pot for Oklahoma City. Um, Miami, as we kind of know, they don't have a lot of draft assets that traded a lot of capital in recent years, but Miami's a team that believes in stars. And if they could find a way to pair Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler together, uh, I'm sure they do. And the other team to watch is Minnesota. Um, the Timberwolves, you know, they've been pretty good to start the year. Andrew Wiggins has been pretty good to start the year, but they feel like they're you know, a real point guard away from maybe being in that middle of the pack slash upper echelon in the Western Conference. Those are two teams that'll be interested. I look. I, I don't even know if you, if you trade Chris Paul. I'm still not sure you can bottom out. Like they still might not be bad enough to bottom. I mean, bottoming out is what I'm watching in New York right now with the Knicks. That's that's bottoming out. That's bad. Even trading Chris Paul because you have Gildas Alexander there, who's one of the better young point guards in the league. Um, I just don't think he can do it. So they might deal him, but I don't think that really changes their perspective on the season. You mentioned the Knicks, Chris. Uh, is it coach firing season already? I mean, apparently it is. Yeah, I mean, you got to keep an eye on Jim Boylan in Chicago, I guess. Um, you know, he doesn't make a lot of money, and that's a team that doesn't look like it's going anywhere or playing all that well. Still not playing that well right now. Uh, the, the Knicks were just, I mean, I don't think David Fisdale covered himself in glory this year. I, I, mean, I don't know what he was doing with Kevin Knox half the time because that's a young player that should have been playing 30-plus minutes, and there were games he was DNPCD out there, and that was that struck me as odd. But I've written this and I've said this. Like, there's no help in the Knicks. Like, this is it's as hopeless a situation as you could possibly be in. Like, they can float all the rumors about Masai Ujiri they want or claim to be in the running for Giannis in 2021. Nobody has wanted to go there in decades, and nobody's going to want to go there now. Not, not until they, they kind of figure out you know, how to put that dumpster fire out within their organization. It's just, it's bad. I mean, there's just, there's no reason for optimism if you're a Knicks fan. There's just nothing to hang your hat on about the future. What's been the biggest surprise from, a, I guess, a disappointment standpoint, or what team has not lived up to your expectations so far this year, Chris? Well, I mean, I don't know about not living up to expectations. I thought the Nets would be a little bit better. Now, granted, the Irving injury has been certainly a factor in all that. I mean, Kyrie, you know, getting banged up has changed things. I thought they'd be a little bit better than just a, what a couple of games above 500 than they are uh, right now. I guess out west, 
San Antonio, just because they're always there, um, that's a team you look at. You know, the easy answer is probably Portland, but you know they've dealt with injuries of their own. I always thought that the Blazers last year was, I don't want to call it fool's gold, but they invested a lot of money in their two stars after you know one season of making a run to the conference finals. You have to remember, like a year prior, we were talking about breaking that Blazers team up, that maybe they have to trade C.J. McCollum and, and get something back in return for them. So I think statistically the Blazers are – are the biggest surprise on the negative side, but I never expected them to be, put it this way, I didn't expect them to, to all of a sudden this year leapfrog into the top three in the Western Conference and, and become become a consistent contender. I thought they, they found lightning in a bottle last year, and, and, and I, I don't know if that was sustainable. A team that has impressed me, Chris, is the Heat. I mean, I didn't expect them to be quite this good. 10-0 at home, and they're beating teams overall by 5.5 points average? Yeah, the biggest takeaway for me, you know, certainly they found guys that can play. Kendrick Nunn is another guy they picked up. They He's the Hassan Whiteside of this year, kind of the troubled guy that Miami sort of rejuvenated, rehabilitated, wherever word you want to choose, and, and got him into a, a rookie of the year type of uh, got a rookie of the year type of talent out there. And, but the big thing with Miami, I think, they've been trying to win every single year. And I think that pays dividends for their young guys. I think when you have the attitude that we don't tank, we don't want to lose any games, we take no quarters off, I think that permeates throughout the organization. And from day one, all the players that have been there know they have to come to camp in shape, they have to be in shape all season long, and they have to play hard every single night. And when you have that attitude, I think eventually – it leads to positive things. I do think because of the talent, there's a ceiling there, but Miami's going to come at you every single night, and they've, they've clearly got some good young pieces to work with. As always, Chris, thank you very much. We appreciate you. Anytime, guys. Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated, fresh back in the United States from a Middle East trip to go cover a little boxing. He sounds like he's got a cold, doesn't he? I'll tell you, that's no joke. Traveling overseas, that can, can be rough on the old being, right? I mean, out of the two of us, I think you've done the most world traveling, and so I'm leaning on you for some expertise. Here. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's a grind. When you get on the Gulf Stream and, you know, decide for a weekend in Dubai, I mean, I imagine that Monday back at work isn't easy. All right, more next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.